Welcome back, guys. We're back. It's this is, I think, fifty-eight podcast fifty-eight. We just recorded podcast fifty-eight, and we ended up cutting it short. Uh, if you hear a little bit of squeaking on my lap right now, it's because I've got a thirteen-month-old with one hundred and two fever. Um, and so, part of the reason why we're we're doing what we're doing, and we just tra- tried recording it, and it didn't work, and this happened with the baby, and I had. Uh, I lost the question that we were going to use. Um, we had all sorts of stuff going wrong. And I thought, you know what? Um, we've gotten some... I think it's important for you to understand that not always does things go real smoothly. Not always do things... Um, I think some people think that training-wise, when it comes to dog training, with me in particular, that I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee, and then I train dogs until Steph gets home from work. And then when that happens... Uh, We've got the evenings, and then I go to bed. And the reality is, is that, boy, that would be really nice. But it's so far from the truth. Um, I think, you know, I had a message come to me this week because I I get a lot of Facebook questions. I get a lot of Instagram questions. You guys know that because we build the podcast off of a lot of them. But I had a guy that was upset because I didn't respond back to him. Uh, the first message, it was an eight-hour window. He responded. He was... Wanted he question marked it. Uh, he sent me a question, and then he, eight hours later he sent me a question mark, and then he sent me another question mark, and eight hours later and said, "Well, I take that as a no. This is the worst customer service I've ever seen." And so he just a real rant, and it kind of pissed me off. And so I responded back to him. I explained to him. I said, "You know what? Um, nowhere did I ever say I get back to anybody real quickly. In fact, I have made the." point of saying it sometimes takes me a while it might take me a week um, or longer at times to get back to some of the questions um, and the reason is, is I explained to him was hey, hey, hey we're a real small company we're real people that have babies that cry we're we have a lot of things going just like everybody else I'll never use that as an excuse I'll never use it as a reason to say I can't do it I get a lot of messages from folks that they start out with explaining to me why they can't train their dog because of their work schedule, because of their family schedule, because of the things that they've got going on in their life. And so I just want to show you today, This is I, it would have been very easy for me to say, Ben, we're not going to do podcasts because Lillian's pissed. And you know why she's pissed? Because she's got 102 fever and she's sick and... I'm not real happy either, and earlier before, we deleted the message that we were going to use. And that wasn't very good, was it? And then from there, we could have come up with a million different reasons. But we're not going to. We're going to tough it out. We're going to make it through. Now, I found the question that I was going to talk about. Hey, hey, hey. You going to be okay? You going to make it? Ben, go up in that cup and grab... There's a little uh, clear plastic nook. We'll see it. My this kid doesn't use a nook anymore, but she's sicker than a dog. I'm gonna see if she wouldn't. It might. She might use it. She hasn't used it in a long time. But we're gonna try it, and it seems to work a little bit. So we get a creative a little bit. I don't give her. We haven't. She hasn't had a nook for weeks. And now we're gonna see if she. And I don't want to go back to the nook, but that's just part of it. So here's here's dog training relation. You know, sometimes in the training, things don't go that well. And I got to figure out ways to get back to where we need to be. So sometimes I take a dog that's 14 months old and I turn it in to treat it like it's a 12-week-old puppy. And I go back 
and I figure out, okay, how can I shore something up? How can I fill a hole in wherever it is in our training? Well, right now, how do I get a podcast done with a baby that's not feeling good and on my lap? Well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to let her suck on this thing if that helps her because she doesn't feel very good. And that's okay to take steps back. And that's okay for me to do something that I normally would say, no, I don't want to do that, but I might just have to. So earlier, before we recorded this and we deleted the intro to it before on accident, but we talked about dealing with a lot of the stuff that's in our regular everyday life and the reality of nobody's got the perfect schedule. So I I preempt this one with the idea of maybe you just need to hear me say it sometimes. Uh, Maybe you need to hear somebody say it. We don't care about excuses. Um, we all have pro- we all have issues. We all have things. We all have schedule conflicts. We all have lots going on. There's nobody I know today that doesn't have a lot going on. The only people that don't have a lot going on are people that are recently retired, it seems, and I'm just jealous. Someday I'll be there. But I also go, we can we create a lot of these things going on ourselves. Now some of it is out of your control, but a lot of the stuff that we're doing is by choice. So at times we have to. St- step back and go, you know what? I want to be very busy. If I wasn't busy, then what? So it's not always the worst thing. So, but we're going to, we had her, we had this question up before and it's a miracle. It's come back to us. And I think God works in weird ways. You know, I was really pissed 10 minutes ago. Uh, I gave Ben a real stink eye look when I looked at him and he said he deleted it, didn't I? And he's smiling about it now and I am too a little bit, but I was pissed because things just weren't going good. And, and I had a few other things today that just haven't been going very good. I just got an email that says our website got hacked. So, you know, I got that on the back of my mind. So all this stuff, and I realized, you know what, there's a lot worse things out there. And all of a sudden, I look on my Instagram uh, phone here, and the question that we thought deleted, and I blamed it on Lillian, um, because I can blame anything on her. She's 13 months. What is she going to say? Uh, I thought she deleted it. It just came back. And so we've got it, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a little bit about hold conditioning here. Um, I'm going to read you his question. The reason we're doing Instagram is because we just did a promo on podcast number 56. I posted it, and it was a Facebook question, as well as 57 is a Facebook based off Facebook questions as well. And I got a message, direct message, right away on Instagram. It says, hey, I just saw you posted your promo. Do you not take questions on Instagram? I take a lot of them. I had seven of them that were unanswered here in the last 24 hours, so I'm working on getting back to those. Um, but I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be anytime real soon, but I will get back to everybody. Um, but I accidentally deleted that one. Well, now it's back. So we're going to, like I said, I think uh, God sometimes puts things in our lives and we don't understand why, and then all of a sudden he reminds me of, you know what, he he's there. He's got my back as well. Here's my question. So, howdy, Jeremy. I'm out of Idaho working with my chocolate lab doc. He's 14 months old. He's my first dog, and I'm training him for waterfall, upland, and shed hunting. We're in the process of hold conditioning right now. I wish I would have started it sooner, but I was afraid of the process and unsure of how I wanted to do it. I watch a lot of your YouTube videos, and I have the foundation DVD. I started hold conditioning two to three weeks ago and, and have done it every day. My dog does not take to hold conditioning very well. My dog does not take to hold conditioning very well, and I wish I could go back and do things earlier on that would have made this process easier. Anyway, my dog is getting fairly good at keeping his chin up, but he's a chomper. Also, I have been using the wooden dowel. I don't worry about fixing the chomping. Do I worry? only worry about fixing the chomping before the proper head position or vice versa? 
or both. I have them on an elevated surface with a lead and with a nail for now. Thanks for all the videos and content. And content. Please keep it up. Now, that's a question that we're going to talk about. Then we had another question that we started talking about when I lost this question, and it's a hold conditioning question too, and that one was related to the idea of dog won't take, take the dowel um, from his hand. So we'll talk about that one next. But let's talk about this first. Um, so he brings up a really good point, and I, it's been something that if you're watching our Bella Be Good series, which our Bella Be Good series is on YouTube, Dogbone Hunter YouTube, and it's documenting this puppy from 12 weeks on. We're up to episode 40, 45, something like that. It's been posted now. We've got 60-some filmed. Um, we're a couple weeks behind the posting of when we actually film them, but it's relatively live training. You're within a couple weeks of when we train. So you're seeing this process, and you're seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, I have not hold conditioned Bella yet. Bella's almost going to be 11 months. In, a, in about a week, she'll be 11 months. I haven't hold conditioned her. Um, I have had dogs that I haven't hold conditioned at this age. She's probably getting out there a little bit far. Um, I've had some that I had to hold condition as young as seven months. Um, you know, I do think they have to get through teething. I just answered a couple questions about this via Facebook messaging back and forth. But I do think you got to get them through teething. Um, there's no reason to hold condition before that. But he brings up this point of I wish, he wishes he had started this process earlier and made it easier on him. For, this is for anyone who's got a young dog out there. If you're listening to these podcasts, take this. And if you're watching the Bella Be Good series, focus on a few things that are really, really valuable. One of them with Bella is we've tapped into what she does very naturally, and that is she has one of the best natural deliveries I've ever had out of any puppy. And so, I, consequently, I haven't had to hold conditioner yet. The reason I haven't is because she's given me no reason to. I went borderline a little, couple times back and forth because we did get into this idea of a longer retrieve. When she started making longer retrieves, she'd really get her momentum going when she comes back and she'd fly by me. And so I thought about fixing it with hold conditioning at that point. But what I did was I said, no, nah, I'm not quite, I don't know that I need to just yet. And so I backed up to a fence couple times I backed up to a barrier and as she came in that slowed her down and from that she's transitioned really nicely she's made some really good adjustments so I haven't had to get her hold conditioned to make a good delivery she holds very well and I encourage it I've encouraged it from the very beginning with her and that is what this guy is wishing he had done and I think wish he had too because his life would be a lot easier but you got to understand so if you got these puppies prior to the point where you're going to be hold conditioning, maybe that eight, nine, ten month old range, do everything you can to encourage positive delivery. Don't turn this into create a big problem and then try to fix it. I think a lot of times that's too often what happens in training is, and I see it, and I'm not trying to bag on other ideas and theories and philosophies of training because I think there's lots of different ways to do it. I'm not saying... How I hate saying how not to do it. I don't like telling people how they should or shouldn't, you know, shouldn't do it. What I like to do is show you how we do it, and and because I I find success with the way we do it. Now I make mistakes and we run into issues and we have to deal with those. Nothing is foolproof, but one of the things that I see and have an issue with is early, the philosophy of let the puppy do a lot of stuff wild rambunctious, create negative things or bad habits, undesirable traits, and then figure out fixing them later with a lot of force. To me, that is not the way to go about this. Instead, 
avoid the habits from the start, it makes your life a whole lot easier. So when it comes to bad delivery, when it comes to issues that whole conditioning will work on and fix, avoiding them in the first place is the fix for that. Now we gotta adjust this because somebody's gotten tired of, this is a, an attention span thing. I gave her something new, it was good for a little while. Eh, it's not so good anymore. So we gotta make an adjustment. Here, you want this? So I'm gonna offer, I'm gonna offer all sorts of stuff to her just to keep her quiet. But, so with this question here, hey, 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 hey. Ben, we might have to find something else to give her. Grab me one of those pens maybe. Let's see what we can give her. Would you like to play with this? There, that might get us a couple minutes. So he's got down here that he, so I'm preempting lots of stuff off of hold conditioning because hold conditioning is a topic that, that's huge and can be, um, it can be talked about in a lot of different ways. Hold conditioning, we have a free hold conditioning video on our website. You can download it and you can view it for free. It was part of our Shed DVD originally um, because we had it as a part of the DVD. Well, the DVD got so long, it was over three hours and long. This part of it was over an hour and we said, let's just turn it into a individual video on its own and offer it for free. And the reason we did it was because hold conditioning is that important. You have to do it with your retrievers in order to have success in the end. But, so that's available on our website. Just go to the videos, it's under hold conditioning. Now, he's, and I think, and I don't know that he says he saw that, but he says he's got the foundation DVD, which is important. Um, hold conditioning maybe is something that he, I'll recommend to him. But, so, one of the things about hold conditioning is, I don't think it's a black and white process either, just like anything else with dog training. I think there's lots of fluidity, fluidity with it, meaning you can go back and forth. You can, there's no like rigid step one, step two, step three, step four, day one, day two, day. It doesn't work that way. It's going to depend on where you start. It's going to depend on the dog. It's going to depend on all these different variables. So one of the things that I need to get make a point of in this one is, one of the things he's asking me is. Do you worry about chomping before the proper head position or vice versa? And I need, I need to change the mindset of don't sequence this thing out so meticulously. Don't break it down into this step-by-step -step thing. What you need to do, grab those keys, Ben, will you? What you need to do is go, we have a big overall picture that we need to meet here. And how are we going to get there? Not sure exactly. So I don't have the answer, unfortunately, for you of that exact question. What I do think you need to do is you need to be working on all this stuff based on necessity or need. Now his issue right now is chomping, it sounds like. My dog does not take the whole condition to hold condition very well and I wish I could go back and do things earlier that made the process easier. Anyways, my dog is getting fairly good at keeping his chin up, but he's a chomper. So I'm listening to that and going, okay, sounds like you're, I'm assessing this like I would based on reading it how I would if I were visually. So I'd look at it and I'd go, heads up pretty good, chomping is the issue. So what do we need to work on? It's a lot like the guy in the gym that has a big upper body and little chicken legs. If he goes into the gym every day and all he does is bench press, how is his weaknesses going to be fixed? He's going to—he's avoiding the stuff that he's not doing well. So in this situation, head is being held up pretty good, but he's chomping. So what would I do? I'd work on fixing that chomping because I'd focus on the problem that's holding me up. The chomping sounds like it's holding you up. So what I need to do is I need to get up underneath the chin and firm it up and I need to change my tone. And so watch the video on hold conditioning. Go to our YouTube channel and watch, search hold conditioning on our YouTube channel. I've got 
dozens of videos of different dogs. Some of them we firm up by putting up, and I've got, and we've got actually more of them recorded too. And Ben and I are talking about figuring out where we're going to put those. Um, but so that's another reason to subscribe to the YouTube channel. So when new stuff gets put up, you get notification, you can see it. We've got so much information and we're working on some pretty exciting things right now to bring to YouTube. So I do recommend that, that subscription. But if you got a dog that's chomping and holding its chin up nicely, you need to work on stopping the chomp. So firm that up, get your hand up under the chin, hold, change the tone to get a change. And then when things start to get better with that, maybe his chin's gonna come down. So then what are you gonna do? We're gonna work on his chin, get his chin back up. But if you fix the chomping, and now the chin goes down, you go to fixing the chin, getting the chin up, is if you did, if you did a good job fixing the chomping, the chomping should be kind of faded away, gone away. Now you work on getting the chin up. So you're basically just kind of checking things off the list of what need to be worked on and then adding whatever's holding you up, fix it. Whatever's going well, don't go backwards with if possible. But what what this process is, is it's take a step, take a step, take a step, a couple steps forward, maybe a step back, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, a couple steps forward, maybe a step back. Eventually, you're just slowly nibbling at the process, fixing where the weaknesses are. Sometimes at some point, you're going to get to the to a, a situation where you're going to ask the dog to move its feet. This is a big one. Dog's going to have to move its feet, and sometimes these dogs create like this statue effect where they can't move. They're just they feel paralyzed because we work so hard on them not moving their head. It translates down to their feet, and they don't want to move their feet. I run into this a lot. Tito did it. Um, Tito wouldn't move. Uh, he he he'd hold beautifully like a statue, but he wouldn't move his feet. So we had to uh, another dog that we had, um, Elsa. Same thing. We had to move her feet. She won't step across. One of the dogs won't step across from one freezer to the other. If you don't know what I'm talking about freezer-wise, just watch some of our videos. I do it up on an elevated platform. I use a freezer. But I couldn't get the dogs to walk. So for a while there, I forgot about hold conditioning. I didn't even put a dowel in the dog's mouth or a bumper in the dog's mouth. I just worked the dog walking back and forth on the top of the, of the freezers. That was part of my hold conditioning with that dog. Didn't have a, anything in its mouth at the time. It was just move your feet under control and get comfortable stepping across this little elevation change. As soon as they did that, because that was what was holding them up. As soon as they did that, I went back to putting something in their mouth. And then we worked on moving them with something in their mouth. And it wasn't across that gap to begin with. It was just take a step. It wasn't take five steps. It was take one or a half or move your feet or stand up and not have to sit down and have your butt on the ground. It's all these little baby, baby incremental steps that we slowly fix whatever the one issue is that's holding us up and then go back. But it's, so the point of this is don't look at it as, should I do this first or that first? You need to work on everything. You need, what you need to do is not allow the crippling spot, the part that's paralyzing you to end your training. You need to focus on fixing that because that's what's stopping the show. And then when you get that fixed, go back to adding another layer, adding another layer. So that's the answer on that one. Now I'm going to go back here because I'm going to see if I can quickly find, there was another question. So this is another question, different guy. Uh, been using your tactics on my lab, but it's going to be more for birds than sheds. Here, let's see if you want to play with that for a little bit. And so it doesn't really matter what your end goal is. Sheds, birds, um, whatever they're picking up, any type of retrieve. Hold is the process that polishes and creates a solid delivery. Um, so it really doesn't matter. It says, it says, we've been going at it for about a week 
and he won't drop it until I tell him to, so I guess the pro- I see progress. I just can't get him to want to grab it. I've had to open his mouth every time. He'll begin to start wanting to grab Will he start begin to start wanting to grab it or what should I be doing? It hasn't carried over to bumpers and dummies at all and he's still dropping it a few feet short of me. So first off, the biggest thing that stands out to me with this one is, there's a couple things. First thing is, is you're retrieving. If he's still dropping it short of you and you're a week into it, you, you're retrieving and you're not through hold conditioning. So that's the biggest no-no of all. You stop retrieving 100% during the hold conditioning process. Figure six weeks. And I tell people that because usually it'll take a little bit less and you'll, you'll be happy about it where if I say it takes four weeks and it takes six, you're pissed. So... It's going to take a long time. You're not going to make retrieves. You cannot make retrieves during this process. It's this idea of you gain something and then you erase it at the end if you go and make a retrieve and he doesn't deliver it well. Everything you did in the sessions leading up to the point where the dog makes a bad retrieve and delivers sloppy, runs off, makes a victory lap, drops short, blinks at it, whatever the issue is that you're trying to fix, as soon as they do it, you've erased all that you've gained in training to that point regarding hold conditioning and you're back to square one so no retrieving that's the biggest thing stop retrieving do not test whether or not you're there because you're not you'll know when you're there Um, but the thing about the idea of the dog wanting to pick it up who cares i don't care that a dog doesn't reach up none of my dogs reach out and grab it out of my hand i don't in fact i don't really want them to the idea of that i think comes from a misconception of force fetch and hold conditioning and the differences there are force fetching is the process that we don't do. Um, in that process, we're te- they're teaching dogs to reach out, l- grab stuff aggressively, pick things up. I can see doing that if you have a dog that doesn't retrieve. If you don't have a dog that doesn't retrieve, it's not a retriever and I'm probably not working with it anyway. 99% of the dogs have no issues picking stuff up. It's delivering it that they have a problem. Running out and grabbing something for a retriever is bred into them and it's not even just retrievers it's most dogs you throw something they'll chase it and pick it up that's natural predator prey that's nothing that you've taught i i had a guy tell me he trained his dog this week on the phone he's an eight and a half week old pup he's already trained it to retrieve i said you didn't train shit that dog knew how to retrieve you just got the you just set the dog up and the dog did what he does naturally so they're not we're not training them to retrieve we're polishing the delivery with hold conditioning i have no interest in doing it when they're real young I want to get them through teething. They're not going to, we're not going to do this. I had one person that messaged me this week on hold conditioning, had a nine month old that it was terrible, terrible, terrible retrieving. And they wanted to know what they should do. And I said, you know, if it was a six or seven month old dog that was just finishing up teething, I wouldn't say hold conditioning. Instead, I'd say get in the hallway, close the doors and try to get a few retrieves back to you. Take away all the opportunity for the dog to run free and get into trouble minimize the opportunities for mistakes. Just get the dog to run down the hallway, pick it up and bring it back. No different than I would with an eight-week-old puppy. And that's what I would have recommended at six months, seven months old. At not, I think Actually, I think the dog was a little bit older. It might have been closer to a year old. And it was like no retrieve whatsoever. And they were just continuing to get worse and worse. And I said, you have to stop this because you're so far down the wrong track. You're forming habits deeper and deeper and deeper into this dog that are negative. It's going to be way harder to reverse. Stop the retrieving. You need to go like cold turkey. You need to 100% change the situation. So that's different than... You know, so so it does depend on age and it does depend on some of the things that you're doing. But I don't care about the idea of, I don't worry about the idea of dogs picking stuff up. It's 
bringing it back and not dropping it. It's not running off. It's not decide, running out to it and blinking on it. Not deciding I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make the retrieve this time because something else is more exciting. It's not victory laps. It's not tug of war and play chase and come and get me and keep away. None of that stuff. That's where the hold conditioning value is. And so, what I want to do is I don't care about the idea of having to put the dummy into the dog's mouth for this exercise. What I don't want to have to, what the issue might come up is when you start retrieving, if the dog doesn't go get it. Focusing on encouraging a positive retrieve, a positive delivery. So, in uh, reinforcing it. So I, I'm, and part of it is, is because I've watched some pretty good videos. So I take away the chance for her to pound the table and now she's mad again. So I take away the opportunity um, for dogs to create bad habits early. Bella in particular, and I really encouraged the idea of that delivery. And it was because of some of the influence that I had gotten some videos. I watched some video. Um, one of them is a video on from the kennel where Bella's sire is, um, Fendowood Kennels it's called, and, and they have a training video. Um, and I watched that, and I really focused on, boy, they really put a big emphasis on a nice, clean, polished delivery. Another one was a video series called Life of a Gun Dog, um, again, it was a, a, some, some trainers that are in the UK, and they walk through the life of, of four puppies, litter mates, and those dogs, they put a huge emphasis on that delivery. And so I am going to probably, going forward, I'm always adjusting my training styles. Going forward, I'm going to probably make a point of early on really making sure I focus on that making my life a lot easier when it comes to the hold conditioning process formally later down the road by really paying attention early. So I'm putting that out there because anyone who's got puppies, go and watch what we're doing with Bella early on. Go and watch some of these other resources that are valuable. I think pick what works for you. I've watched, I watched a, uh, over 10 hours recently of videos um, of an American field trial guy. Um, and the reason I watched it is because I wanted to understand a little bit more of some of the stuff that they're doing and the reasoning behind it. Um, very mm. little has applied to what I'm doing. And so very little did I um, say, oh man, that I'm going to do that. But I also understand why some of the things that they're doing, why they're doing some of the things they're doing. And, I, and it just doesn't fit for me. And that's okay. But I found benefit in that too. Um, I've, I've, a couple of resources. We, we've talked about some resources before. I'm going to do a podcast that's just about resources. Um, I just finished a book that um, maybe is, you know, real... It, it, Borderline may be the biggest impacting book that I've read. Um, not so much on tactics and mechanics and, and training um, the, uh, X's and O's, but the theology part of it, uh, 100%, really, really powerful. Uh, I'll be sharing that with you guys soon too. But that, those, I just think you got to be a, I, my partner, um, my business partner here says you got to be a lifelong learner. That's what he told me the other day. He said, that's what you're doing right now. And I said, yeah, I'm probably at the point right now where I'm, I'm really seeking more information. I'm searching out more information, not necessarily because I question what I'm doing, but I question the, the ability for me to not get stagnant in what I'm doing. I want to continue to improve. Um, I have so much, I, there's so many things I want to improve on, need to improve on. So being aware of that and, and recognizing that I think is important. So um, that hold my the ease of what I'm doing with Bella right now from a delivery and hold standpoint is 100% because of 
um, very, very heavily influenced because of some of the stuff I've watched recently um, of other trainers and some of the emphasis that they put on it. So uh, we're going to wrap this one up. So we just we talked on two two questions that came by Instagram. The reason we did Instagram is because the question came up, do you answer Instagram questions? We certainly do. Um, Lillian with the 102 fever says she's done with this podcast. So I don't blame her. Um, I commend her for digging through it with me. Um, we've got one done. We're going to continue to um, crank on these. I just don't know how many we're going to get done today with this act, act going on. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for your patience. I think patience is the most underrated thing a dog trainer can ever have. Um, just having the patience to understand that it takes me sometimes a little bit to get back to you and not, not sending me hate mail on it. And I don't mind the hate mail. I got thick skin and it's probably good for me to hear it once in a while. Keeps me keeps me sharp, I guess. Um, but with that, as she throws her toy across the table, we're going to end it. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll keep cranking these out. Thanks for the support. Please be sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to them. Apologize for the screaming in the background. Next time, it'll maybe be Ben whining, but it's uh, this time it's Lillian. So thanks again, guys. Talk with you soon.